Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national columnist USA Today is Dan Walken making the big interview. Award-winning writers, athletes, coaches, the biggest names in sports. It's the Gary Parish Show Big Interview on 92.9 FM ESPN. So big tennis news yesterday. Roger Federer announced that he is retiring from professional tennis this coming not long after Serena Williams also more or less announced she's retiring from professional tennis. So we're losing two of the all-time greats, arguably the two greatest ever, um, at roughly the same time, I think we knew Serena was close to the end. Did we know Federer was about to, to, to call it a career? Yeah, it's not really surprising because ever since 2020, he's been having this knee problem. He had three surgeries on it and just never quite got it right. Last year, he tried to come back and play Wimbledon. and I mean, it's just a testament to how amazing a talent and what a great athlete he is that he made the quarterfinals at Wimbledon last year with with very little preparation. Uh, And he ended up kind of falling apart physically in that match and uh, was not seen since. And then last week at the U.S. Open, uh, he had talked about coming back and trying to play a little bit this fall and then maybe doing, you know, the whole kind of retirement tour next year. You know, maybe he's got one more Wimbledon run in him or something like that. But there was a rumor that popped up that he was having – issues with fluid in the knee and that obviously was was correct he's 41 you know serena's 40 this is what happens it's a very tough sport physically you're not really supposed to be playing at the highest level when you're 39 40 years old uh, they managed to squeeze a lot out of their careers it is sad uh, because you you enjoy watching these people play uh, and they just brought so much to to the game and brought so many people out to watch the sport but it it was time and that's just what happens and you kind of have to accept that um of the big three roger federer rafael nadal and novak djokovic who will ultimately be remembered labeled as the best and which one was the most popular well without question federer was the most popular like that's not even close um you, you could go to any tournament and in the heyday and see that. I mean, there have been times where, like, Federer played Djokovic in a U.S. Open or Wimbledon, and the crowds were, were downright rude to, to Djokovic. And you almost sort of felt bad for him because, I mean, here's this guy who's an amazing athlete, amazing player, and, and the fans are just so invested in Federer that, that they're not actually treating this other guy, I, I don't think, the right way. Um you know, as far as which one is going to be the the best, 
I don't know. I mean, it kind of depends how you measure it. Um, Djokovic could very well end up with the most Grand Slams because he's probably got a few more in him. Uh, you know, Nadal brought a different sort of uh, physicality to the game. Uh, Djokovic is almost, you know, a little bit of a robot and, and a backboard and brought a, a different sort of style that, that made it um, made the sport almost like an Ironman challenge, you know, who could sort of last the longest. Federer is the one who had the most style, whose game was the most exciting, who made people just sort of their jaws dropped in awe of the things he could do on the court, the way he glided around. He made it look easy and effortless. He bred variety. He really turned tennis. uh, He had the most lasting impact in terms of style of play because he sort of brought back all the shots. He he was an all-court player, all-surface player, which he really didn't have a lot in the 90s, and did it in an offensive way. And that really, I think, inspired a lot of the tennis we see now from these young guys who are just so athletic. They've got all the shots. They play all the surfaces. So it really is just kind of a taste thing, honestly, in terms of greatest of all time. And I don't have a great answer for which one it, it is. One last thing on tennis, talking to Dan Walken. Since I last spoke to you, Carlos Alcaraz did win the U.S. Open um, at the age of 19. He's now the youngest men's player to ever be ranked number one in the world. I believe the youngest person to ever be ranked number one in the world remains Martina Hingis. But on the men's side, correct me if I'm wrong, it is Carlos Alcaraz. Yep. How, um, when we start talking about all-time greats, and I know it's uh, not always wise to put those types of labels on someone this young, but... I know I don't know tennis as well as you do, but to my uh, very novice eyes, he he looks the part. Oh yeah, no, he pops off the screen without question, and you know he's got a chance, and that's what makes it exciting. And he plays a style that is just awesome to watch because he is so aggressive and daring, and he hits with a lot of power, but he's also got incredible movement. He kind of has a little bit of the best attributes of each of those big three he's got kind of that that Djokovic movement he's got kind of the Nadal spirit and and fight and he's got a lot of the Federer offensive uh style and really you know the the big forehand and and the creativity uh that he can back it up with 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 the drop shots and and the way he can hit volleys so no he's he's very exciting I mean the crowds, you could just tell in New York, were responding to him and, and kind of getting behind him uh, in a way that, that is unique, I think, for a non-American player because they understand that he is a guy who's got the potential to be amazing for so many years, but he's also just great to watch. You know, he's not boring in any way, shape, or form, and um, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really excited about what he's going to be able to do in the next several years. Talking to Dan Walken uh, from USA Today. Let's go to college football tomorrow night. Texas A&M, which is still ranked uh, for one reason or another, um, is is hosting uh, Miami down at College Station after losing to Appalachian State last weekend. How important is it for Jimbo Fisher to not drop to one and two in year five? It's not important in the sense that they're not going to pay whatever it is, $80 million to fire him. Like, I just, even Texas A&M, I don't think is that crazy or has that much money just sort of laying around in, in 
the boosters' uh, couch cushions. But clearly, like I said this last week as they were losing to Appalachian State, this is year five. Like, this is not a rebuild anymore. This is not blame Kevin Sumlin anymore. This is not, oh, you know, we had bad culture and we're trying to get some of these guys out of, out of there so that we can bring in our guys. Like, that, that's not what this is anymore. By this point in Jimbo's tenure, like, this is your program. You've got to own all of these results. And it was concerning to, to watch them against App State because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just that, that they got beat. It's that they really had nothing offensively against the team that gave up, I think, 60-something points the week before to North Carolina. And Jimbo's an offensive guy. Like, he's the quarterback coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He calls the plays. It's his system. And it just looks old. It looks outdated. I, I don't know that the players really grasp it. Jimbo's always had the reputation for maybe being a little too complicated on offense for what college, most college players can, can process. And you see it in the results. Like They just don't do anything dynamic offensively. And until they get that fixed, you can bring in all the five-star guys you want you're still going to look bad and lose games you shouldn't lose. Alabama is hosting uh, Louisiana Monroe tomorrow. 50-point favorites. No issues there, I can't imagine. But do you think any less of the Crimson Tide after watching them get pushed uh, so severely by Texas? They might have some issues, for sure. Like, offensive line, um, you know, maybe it was a bad omen at SEC Media Days coming into the year. Nick Saban, like, forgot his uh, offensive line coach's name. (laughs) Uh, it's this new guy they hired from Kentucky, and maybe that was a bad omen that uh, things were not going well with with that position group. Um, they don't have as much talent at wide receiver as we're used to seeing. I mean, they've had some unbelievable, you know, you know Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, you know, all these guys. They don't have one of those anymore. So there may be a little bit of a playmaking deficit that that we're not used to seeing. Um, I'm not saying they can't work it out. They can't get better. I'm sure they will. I'm sure that at the end of the year we're going to look up and, and they're going to have a pretty good record, uh, if not be you know number one or number two. But definitely, like early on, there are some things that you're, you're looking at and saying maybe we overrated them a little bit. Uh, Penn State and Auburn is the CBS game uh, tomorrow, so that's obviously a, a, a big stage. Auburn's coach you know, had a rough offseason. They tried to get him out of there, but he's off to a 2-0 and start. Um, if he is able to, and Penn State's a slight favorite on the road, able to upset 22, uh, 22, uh, uh, number 22 Penn State tomorrow afternoon, does that flip how the fan base feels about him, if only temporarily? Yeah, maybe for uh, another week. But I think the biggest thing people are looking at with, with Auburn is where they are in the recruiting rankings. And I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's, it's not really that, that good. Um, you know, Auburn is the kind of school – where you're supposed to go recruit big-time players. You know, there's actually a really strong crop of high school seniors in the state of Alabama this year. And, like, they don't have any of them, or hardly any of them. And that's a big swing and a miss, you know, from a recruiting standpoint. And, you know, you would think that in this era of NIL, that a place like Auburn, which, I mean, let's just be honest about it, um, has been known in the past to um, make things happen in recruiting that you would think this is kind of right up their alley. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Harson or, or, you know, the boosters 
uh, or just getting outbid or whatever, but like they're not, they're just not getting it done. And maybe they're not getting it done because they don't want him there. I, I don't know exactly what the dynamics are. Um, but yeah, this is a huge game. Uh, they need to get some positive momentum. They need to get high school players, elite high school players on board. Uh, they need to get the boosters on board for whatever reason. It's, it's not great right now. They did not play very well last week. I know they won the game. I can't even remember who they played, but I watched a lot of it and it was, it was kind of ugly. I am not sure that they're going to be able to beat, uh, honestly, what's, what's kind of a middle of the road Penn State team. And if they don't, I do think um, it starts the march to uh, the end for him. It's wild. I just looked at this. I had no idea. Auburn's 62nd in the country in recruiting class of 2023. Alabama number one, Auburn at 62. Um, that's not a place Auburn football should, should ever be. And to your point about maybe at these other schools, the boosters are stepping up, starting these collectives, literally buying players. Maybe they're not doing that to the same extent at Auburn for Brian Harson because they want him out. I can tell you, I have talked to, you know, on the basketball side of things, coaches who have told me before, some of my most important boosters started making my job harder, denying me access to planes, um, all sorts of things when they wanted me out. And and that yeah. was that was their way of getting it done is we're not going to help this guy anymore. Yeah, no, it's a little crazy that, like, Brian Harson's been there for one year. Right. Um, but the other part of it, too, is he came from Boise State. You know, he, he coached at Boise State, and he coached Arkansas State. Like, he is not a guy who had been in the SEC for years and years and years, understanding the lay of the land, understanding how things get done. I mean, it's possible that, that maybe he's just a fish out of water and doesn't really get it and what you have to do and thinks that, you know, his, his path to success at Auburn is going to be to out-evaluate and out-develop people. Uh, but, you know, if that's his thinking, I mean, he's just wrong. Like, in the SEC, I'm sorry, you can be great at developing, you can be great at, at, at identifying you know, diamonds in the rough, but you, if you're going to compete the way Auburn wants to compete, you've got to go get some studs. Wrapping up with Dan Walken from USA Today. Last thing before I let you go, Cuckoo Kyrie Irving um, was adding ad, uh, Alex Jones clips to his Insta stories yesterday. I guess nothing should surprise me when it comes to Kyrie Irving. He's obviously goofy, but I thought even somebody as goofy as Kyrie Irving understood, like, you know, Alex Jones, that's not the one anymore. Even if you were crazy enough to kind of believe some of the crazy things he said, it's been established, like in court, the, the guy's a fraud and a horrible person. Um, I know you you made a point of it on Twitter, and now the maniacs are, are coming at you. Just what do you make of the whole Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, shining a light on, of all people, Alex Jones? Yeah, Kyrie's an idiot who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, which makes him double the idiot that he actually is. Um and it's it's not good. Like I don't know what his priorities are or what he consumes in terms of 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 news and media or whatever. But it's it's a bad scene when you're retweeting Alex Jones, you're diving headlong into these conspiracy theories. You know this this particular one about you know the new world order hits home with me because it's it's blatantly anti-Semitic. I mean any you know I've I've gotten pushback to that. I'm sorry. I've been Jewish my whole life. I understand this stuff. I know that there's. I know what the code words are. 
New World Order is is one of the code words. Look it up. It's 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 rooted in really bad stuff. And you know, I I don't know what his what his mentality is going into this season, but I just know as talented of a player as he he is, he is so goofy that I just can't trust any team he's on. I'm at that point with Kyrie Irving as a player. I just cannot trust that any team he's on going forward till the end of his career is going to be anything close to functional. That is Dan Walken from USA Today. Make sure you're reading him. USAToday.com. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Walken. Thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. See you, man. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.